0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Monday. Brian Kimenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Andy, Saturday night, LeBron James passed Carl Malone for second on the all-time NBA scoring list. Why are so many people kind of ambivalent around town about that? We'll talk about it next on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Fridays, and sometimes Saturdays and Sundays. We get this thing up as fast as we can for you. Uh, So you always have fresh Lakers content. Um, A busy weekend, Andy. Oh, but we want to let you know, too, that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, So super busy weekend for the Lakers. They went one and one in Toronto and Washington. In the process, LeBron James passes Carmelo for second on the all-time NBA scoring list, um, which kind of gets to all kinds of incredibly interesting things about LeBron's relationship with the Lakers, about his relationship with fans more broadly and the whole Jordan thing and whatever. Um, And so I think we're going to spend a lot of time on that on this episode. But let's start it with Saturday um Ugh. I see I I finally did the smart thing Andy I I didn't allow the Lakers to ruin my weekend. I didn't watch them <laughs> I left, I left, town. <laughs> I left town for the weekend uh probably my lizard brain was probably like they play twice you better leave this weekend uh but I did catch up on the Washington game when I got home and I see now why you made that noise
1: It's so funny before we even get into the specifics of this game and why it's... Disappointing that that they lost, especially on the heels of a really, really great win Friday in Toronto, shorthanded against a good Raptor squad. You know, I, I did a solo uh, mini pod in reaction to that just because it was, it merited it, Brian. Stu Lance during this game, he is so good at conveying disappointment when he believes a Laker lead has unnecessarily slipped away. Like even as a viewer, you feel like a kid who's let his parents down. And like you, you feel that just watching much less how, if the players could hear Stu talk,
0: they would oh certainly God. feel during these moments. And Stu is a super, I mean, wonderful guy. Very, no nonsense. He is not mm-hmm. here to screw around. He is not here for your feelings. So he is a man doing a job that he takes very seriously. He takes the game very seriously. Um and he does not like it when people dishonor yeah. it, dishonor the game in the way the Lakers did on th- on Saturday. Like I,
1: I went to my room at one point. I like I was so you're I you you were not even was, playing, you're not even yeah, on the team. I was I was so ashamed on behalf of the <laughs> Lakers. I went to my room without dinner. Like well, you, I, you I know really, what you did. I, I did something. <laughs> like Stu made me feel that way. But I mean, this game, Brian, look. We know all the particulars about this season. We know that the Lakers are not a good team. We know that they are shorthanded. We know all of that stuff. But guess what? The Wizards, without Bradley Beal, without Kyle Kuzma, also on the second end of a back-to-back,
0: mm. they're not good either. And yeah. that atmosphere, Brian, notice they're not, they're not that good, actually, with Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma. But
1: <laughs> Brian, that atmosphere was a home Laker game. Like, every time the Wizards scored until basically the end when it looked like they were going to win that thing, and then they eventually did, like, the Lakers got way more reaction every time they scored than the Wizards scored. They were up 14 with two and a half minutes left in the third. I'm sorry. They should be able to maintain that lead against the Wizards. Like, trading
0: baskets with the Wizards shouldn't be hard. I'm kind of of two minds about this because, like, you know, the Lakers built a lead, you know, 16, 17 points. Whatever it was, and look, they are plenty capable of, of of frittering a lead like that away. I don't care who they're playing against. Lakers are a bad enough team to to do that. That said, you know, seven, 16, 17 point lead, you ought to be able to hold on to it against a bad team. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that they had to hold way. on
1: to it at one point for a quarter and change i'm not talking about the whole game i'm talking about you're up 14
0: with two and a half minutes in the third that's bad and then you know you and left porzingis. To, i think, porzingis sticks. had 16 of his 26 or something like that in the fourth quarter like it's like all of this just stop but the part that i think is kind of like i they are a team a, a, a if they were good we wouldn't be talking about this stuff like execution, focus, concentration. Um, you know, like getting better in those like the, the the fourth quarter when you have to. Then all of those things matter more. These are skills. These are talents that teams have when they are good, and the Lakers don't have it. Leads come and go constantly in this league. The Lakers are a testament to that. They come back and get down twenty eight in every game they play, but. I I just felt like Saturday was kind of a microcosm of everything that was wrong with them. They're both crappy and bad at stuff that really sticks out as incredibly frustrating and irritating to fans.
1: Yeah. The the fourth quarter was just this like the third quarter, and then especially the fourth were just this cavalcade of bad defensive decisions, an offense that went just completely stagnant. It just it was straight up lemon booty. They had multiple 24-second violations. They got really ISO-heavy. Just a whole bunch of just terrible seems decision Seems so out of character. Making. Careless, <laughs> really bad turnovers. Like, LeBron turned the ball over inbounding to Russ on a pass that was so lazy, he might as well have just like floated it underhand. <laughs> like, I was watching this, like, what, what the effort he handed to the other team? I mean, really, he was that egregious. He might
0: as well have, like, but it, and it's funny because he only had two turnovers in the game, and it's a turnover like that makes it like you go back and you look at the box door, and, like, wait, he only had two because when you have one like that, it's your count for six.
1: Yeah, and you know, they, they you mentioned Porzingis uh, going off in the fourth quarter, and like, I recognize that the Lakers were going to be dealing with size issues in that game because they were playing small. And I saw people on Twitter at Cam Brothers and are, you know, talking to us or, you know, throughout Lakers Twitter saying that Vogel should have put Dwight in. And like, no, like you don't play Dwight cold in the last six minutes of the four. Like you just you don't do that against Porzingis. That's not no. a, that's not a matchup that that no. works. But there's certain things, though, you're watching in this even recognizing like, OK, you're playing small. This is something that you've decided is your best lineup. I I don't think it's an indefensible uh, position to take. But like, and a lot of this honestly was LeBron, but a lot Mm -hmm. of guys were guilty of this. They were switching and and basically putting themselves in mismatches with Porzingis, whoever ended up on Porzingis, the small, where they weren't even attempting to fight through screens. Like they were basically switching as that's, that's, that's the defense. That's
0: the defense. They switch everything, and you know why? Because they can't do it any other way. Switching everything is the simplest way to try to play defense in those lineups, and because they they're not they're not smart enough and they're not you know cohesive enough to do it effectively. But what we've learned throughout the season is when they don't try to switch everything. Um, they're even more catastrophic. You get two guys running one way and nobody running the other way. Well, that was way. happening I... anyway. That was happening I... with the switch everything. I'm just saying you can you can see what happens if you fight through a screen. You know what? Roll the dice. See what <laughs> happens. <laughs> like, you know, go crazy during this game. I point out the reason that they're doing it is in part to try to simplify because the 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 – Stuff that requires more thinking and reading and reacting and, and understanding what the dude to your left is going to do has been a catastrophic failure throughout this season. I got nothing. That's all I'm saying.
1: Sure, <laughs> but I'm just saying it. It was frustrating to watch when you when when you have to be cognizant of. On one hand, yeah, we've been switching everything. On the other hand, switching everything means Avery Bradley guarding Porzingis, <laughs> like and and
0: it's look, it's not it, hard to hunt that, is it?
1: <laughs> right. They, I'm just saying, like you know what? Mess with
0: Washington a little bit. See I, you what Fight through know? I am not. I'm not trying to defend what. happened. I mean, right. they, weren't, I, I they realize- weren't. By the way, they weren't either. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, but I all I'm saying is like. They're no, that was a good joke. Do not boo this man. That was a good joke. um, they're just they are bad. they're bad at everything. and like I said and, and they let's because you and Bergman talked a little bit about this on Friday, and I just and i'll I'll throw in just a quick opinion on you know kind of the subjects that you guys had um uh, next, and then we'll get into LeBron stuff because it's related, I think, to this conversation. Um, and I have some things I want to get off my chest anyway. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? You know what would make you feel good?
1: Whether after watching the Lakers lose and you just want to take yourself to a happy place or after a workout, it's a Built Bar because it allows you to treat yourself without feeling guilty. Like eating smart, eating enjoyably, never tasted better. Like, for example, if you have not tried the Puffs, you are missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bar. They are the first ever. Protein-infused marshmallow, fluffy, marshmallowy, covered in 100%
0: real chocolate, awesome flavors. <laughs> you sound like you're describing the Lakers' defense. Protein-infused marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not good for anybody.
1: No, um, that's kind of what they are. Leave. Or does it leave a good taste in your mouth, unlike a cinnamon-y <laughs> churro uh, marshmallow, the, uh, the puff marshmallow, the coconut marshmallow? Marshmallow, marshmallow, banana, <laughs> cream pie. These just taste awesome. And unlike a candy bar, which is empty calories like the Laker defense or sometimes even their effort on offense, most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein, always cool flavor combinations. So go to Built.com. use the promo code, get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15, again, 15%. Off your order,
0: built.com using the promo code LOCK15. Um, all right. So, like, you you and Bergman talked about this on Friday. And we'll get to LeBron here in a second. Um, that this is like the least fun Lakers season ever. <laughs> like, Certainly up there. I mean, <laughs> I, I would not begrudge anyone for voting for this season, but that's. It is because
1: this is not going to be like the, the year that like Green Book won best picture, and people look back on it. Was like, what the hell were these people thinking? Well,
0: that just doesn't make sense. Like, why would you what? Why did yeah. anybody vote for this season? It's the worst Lakers season yeah, ever, the least fun. <laughs> History will treat that vote kindly. Yeah. Um, if they were bad at just bad at making shots, which by the way, they are, <laughs> but like I said in the last segment, it's the other stuff focus through 48 a clippers style hustle that they had you know this year a couple years ago when they were you know really truly like a bunch of g-leaguers and castoffs and whatever managed to stay around 500 and stuff like that like that kind of thing like they don't have that and so they lose in ways that are particularly irritating that you can't be proud of as a fan you know, like they break James worthy. when they were to when when they had a bunch of the the young guys and they were losing a bunch of games, whatever, it's like you could still have some pride in like, okay, we're developing something. You're like this thing is supposed to be developed, and they lose in incredibly obnoxious ways. I think there are a lot of reasons for it, which you and I sometimes agree on and sometimes don't. But it's that factor to me, which drives home why people hate this season so much. It's not just the losing. It's the quality that goes into why they're losing. Yeah. Um, that's it's hard not, to,
1: it's yeah. not just that they lose. It's how they lose and why they lose. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to have to accept the fact that your team is bad. It's another thing to have to accept the fact that your team is bad and sometimes does not seem all that determined to be better than bad.
0: That is really... <sighs> Difficult and I don't even game. know. And it's, it's funny because like they don't quit a lot on games like they they try to come back and they're like some nights are better than others. And look, all NBA teams build leads and give up. leads. Sure. And it's why 30 point wins and 25 point wins, whatever, actually the most games I think we well, forget what the number is exactly are decided by seven points or less or whatever the number is. I get all that. And if the Lakers were better at the stuff we we're talking about, they wouldn't like it's it's. We shouldn't expect them, when they play well for three quarters, like to play well in the fourth. We shouldn't, but it's like, well, you've just been doing this for three quarters. We didn't even have to play that well in the fourth in this game.
1: That's my point. They they did
0: not. No, you're right. The other observation I had during
1: this game, Brian, Mm. when it comes to specifically picking up fouls, Wenyan Gabriel is a more athletic Travis Knight. (laughs) <laughs> like, man, does that guy pick up fouls. And it's it's a shame to say this because against Toronto, he was phenomenal. When, he was winning Gabriel
0: podium game. He, he was fantastic. It's great, he, I know. He, but even in that game, he was in danger of out. In 25 minutes, he had five I personal. mean, he... But like, like, there's a reason guys like Wenyon Gabriel struggle in the NBA. and You know, he has a high motor, and he wants to play well, and he'll give you everything he possibly can over the course of a game. But you know what? A lot of guys will do that, particularly end-of-the-bench, sort of fringy roster dudes who are trying like hell to stay in the NBA. And I'm not trying to diminish what Gabriel is doing. But, like, he is an extraordinarily limited offensive player. Um, He is incredibly foul-prone. That isn't just like, oh, it's hard to keep him on the floor. That screws with your team. (laughs) Like These fouls matter. Like, a a team gets to shoot free throws at a certain point. Yeah, I actually uh, before we move on to
1: LeBron and and all the different facets of him passing Malone, which you both find interesting, because Gabriel got that start against Toronto, and it was only his second start of his career. Ever. I looked up his first. His first, interestingly, was in two thousand twenty when he was at the Blazers against the Lakers, mm-hmm. and he fouled out in that game in under thirteen <laughs> minutes.
0: Uh, by the way, the Lakers now uh, start the week. Um. Tied with New Orleans for the ninth and 10th spot. I've long maintained that they're going to finish 10th, the Lakers. Wow. I don't even look at the Pelicans. I only look at San Antonio and Portland. They're 2.5 up on San Antonio, uh, and who did win on Sunday. Um, and a, uh, a full 3.5 up on Portland, who haven't won in like a month. Well, the game that they have uh, this coming Sunday in New Orleans now exceptionally
1: important. They're not.
0: They are. They are not going to finish ninth. I've. St- they're not. They're just. They're not. New Orleans is going to finish ninth. The Lakers are going to finish tenth, and we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. Let's let's talk about LeBron uh, get as much of that in in today's show. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot left over that we'll talk about on Tuesday as well because um, the 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 issues that swirl around this passing of Malone obviously apply. Looking forward to passing Kareem something very particular and sensitive to Lakers fans. Um, and so there's just a lot to unpack here. So we'll start next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. College basketball's tournament
1: is upon us. We are in the midst of it. There has been a lot of insanity
0: involved. So for all the latest... Madness odds, even. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, I don't know if we're allowed to say
0: that. But if I want to talk about the band? Hmm. <laughs> 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 Anywho, bet online remains the
1: best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the games start. Madness is actually a good band, but
0: a little dated. It is. Well, so am I. Yep. <laughs> uh, but look, I. both of us have long maintained this, Andy. If the team was better, we could blow through these reads a <laughs> little quicker without looking for places to have so much fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, blame the Lakers. Don't blame us. So LeBron passes Malone for second on the all-time scoring list. And... I don't want to say the the reaction is ambivalence because I think that's too strong. Certainly from a national standpoint, like this is a story people paid attention to, but like it wasn't a stop the presses moment. It wasn't. You know, Game was in Washington. Understand that. But even if it was at Staples, it wouldn't have been like this. You know, everybody stops, applauds for ten minutes. Kind of like there is a certain ambivalence to this um, that I think is fascinating.
1: Well, I saw um, at Pickup Hoop tweeted out, Lakers have lost when LeBron's passed, and this is referencing LeBron uh, in a Laker mm-hmm. uni. All the milestones, yeah. Passing Dirk, Michael Jordan, Kobe, and now Malone. And then Sabrina Merchant over at Silver Screen and Roll noted that he also lost when he became the first member of the 10,000 points, rebounds, and assist mm-hmm. club, and also the all-time leading combined regular season and playoff scorer ever. These are all losses for LeBron as a Laker as he is reaching this truly rarefied, incredible air. Like, you know, LeBron was already at an exceptionally high tier to begin with, but, like, these are just milestone after milestone after cementing your case as one of the truly, truly all-time greats, if not the greatest ever, but the context of it all creates a very unusual, and I think in the case of Laker
0: fans, very specifically unusual reaction. It's because it reminds you of how much losing they've done. And, you know, they they the first year didn't work, sort of understandable, you know, figuring out how to put the team together that they really want. They win a title in that first year with Anthony Davis, but to say the least, it was a strange season. Not their fault, but it was. Um, you get off to didn't a really win good... in LA you did, you didn't win any of those playoff no, games didn't, much less the no. championship in LA and so there was a distance there there was you know the the I don't even call last year a disaster because I don't think that's fair because there was at least evidence that the team was good this year is a disaster mm-hmm. um but but be that as it may 3 of these 4 years have been more losing than winning um in terms of extended stretches and you know LeBron's sort of uh, currency in LA was always relatively limited, which, by the way, he understood when he came here. Um, but, you know, Brian Winghorst wrote about this um, on ESPN after Saturday's game. And he noted that, like, this is a price that LeBron has paid over the course of his career for hopping from team to team to team because. You know, when you're Kobe, for example, Kobe was incredibly diminished when he was doing a lot of these sort of records and whatever, and the team was generally pretty bad. Okay, Brian, for example, when he passed
1: MJ Mm -hmm. in December of the 2014-2015 season, Kobe played just 35 games that season on a 21-win team. He was averaging 22 points a game on 20 field goal attempts per game. That's not good. So,
0: no, it is not good at all. And so, but like, because nobody thought Kobe, everybody understood Kobe wasn't Kobe anymore. Everybody understood the team wasn't that good anymore. Um, and so while there was some frustration, like, oh, they shouldn't be playing Kobe, he needs to get out of the way. Broadly speaking, people were like, eh, whatever, you know, Kobe can go do his thing. The team's still developing, gives us something to do. LeBron, in some ways, is being penalized for still being as amazing as he is at this age, putting up scoring title numbers at this age, because the expectations are still that the surrounding team should be better. And LeBron plays a role in why the team isn't as good as it as it should be. But when we do our end-of-the-year blame pie, you know— would it be great if LeBron, to steal a, a line from our old colleague Max Kellerman? Would it be great if LeBron were greater, played hard defense for 48 minutes and did all? Yes, it would be. But what he does is pretty effing amazing, and to still be doing it at a time when he's chasing these guys, passing these guys, to have the expectation—it almost penalizes him a little bit. And I think that plays into some of the um, some of the reaction because he doesn't, other than Cleveland. Does he have really loyal family? I don't know. What like is he super loved still in Miami? I don't know. I I think he is super appreciated in some respects with Miami because you know while they had won a
1: championship before that, LeBron was a big big part of creating I think what became known as Heat culture. Even but though that's different was...
0: than love, appreciated is different than love.
1: No, no, I, I know that, but I'm just saying in terms of what would make him I think still appreciated as much as the exit was kind of ugly. He still was a part of creating something like it may Mm -hmm. it may or like cementing something, I should say, like it was forming before that. But I think the credibility that came with LeBron and Bosh and Wade in Miami, that was ultimately what cemented something that still exists today. Like he he really gave, along with Wade, that organization credibility that it still carries. Sure. I think that's fair. Right. That's fair. So I think ultimately, he's always going to be appreciated along those lines. And, you know, what happened with Cleveland is what happened with Cleveland. And, you know, that is an adoration. I You know, by the time he left, nobody in Cleveland was upset. The Lakers, though, is a weird deal because in one sense, he did save them from a period where, at least in some, some respects nationally, they were considered irrelevant. But the reasons that he arrived... In, at least to a lot of people, and I don't think totally uh, without reason, had very little to do with the Lakers and more to do with LA and the next chapter of his life, which LeBron is already in the process of yes. creating. And because of that, and also the way that LeBron arrived seeming kind of aloof, and there was a disconnection between him mm-hmm. and the fans the first season, you know, the way LeBron, frankly, creates chaos you know i think in a lot of ways by design i think lebron
0: likes to keep things a little bit chaotic
1: there's Love's a disconnect
0: to say i'm 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 comfortable being uncomfortable yep but it creates a
1: disconnect it was always going to be a disconnect that's huge compared to say laker fans and kobe but that's also why this always remained a story whenever kobe would have these milestones because it, you know you're making the case to possibly be the greatest laker of all time, mm-hmm. and you already had the five championships with that one organization banked. It's just it's well, a yeah, different it is, relationship.
0: LeBron can be the goat; he will never be the gloat. Oh, know, the greatest player of all time, not. and he knew that no. coming in. Sure. But the other thing that that I think is is really interesting about this, and we can maybe talk talk on this a little bit, and then continue maybe this conversation into Tuesday's show. It is a he is a bit of a barometer right now and even a bit of a barometer very much a barometer of where you stand on the titles versus whatever um in terms of defining greatness because statistically speaking what he has done to me exceeds jordan you know and you can do this longevity matters the the length of time that he was excellent matters um you know jordan was Amaze balls, but he also left for a couple seasons. Like there are all kinds of little things, and LeBron has been doing it longer and with an enormous amount of success. It's not like the guy hasn't won titles. Um, he hasn't been to a lot of finals. He went to ten in a row. Not ten I, in a row. I'm sorry. Not. that was nine. We though, went it, to wasn't? eight in a row. Eight in a row. Thank you. Um, that's still pretty good. Um, I am not a count the rings guy. I know you're not a count the rings guy. I look at what what he's been able to accomplish in terms of being that well rounded for that long, and I just I have I have trouble thinking of anybody better being better. Um, but that's not necessarily, I would say the main the 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 majority view. Um, it's not a it's a big minority, but it's not it's still a minority. I think of people who would who would consider LeBron's accomplishments over Jordan's when you start to factor in the rings.
1: Yeah, I, before we go on that, because like the idea of LeBron, you know, he's within percentage points of leading the NBA in scoring. Mm-hmm. And the idea of doing this at his age with this type of mileage is absolutely unprecedented. It's unfathomable. And you will hear people talk about that he at this point is just stat stuffing and just stat padding and chasing numbers. And you've pointed out, and I think you're correct, I've seen Darius Soriano at Form Blue, Blue and Gold point this out. Like, they need him to put up these points if they want to have any prayer winning He right, can't win
0: without it. If he's going to play, he's sort of definitionally stat padding. Can't have but, both ways. Okay, but let's just say
1: for the sake of argument mm-hmm. that at this point, all that is motivating LeBron is winning a scoring title, notching points that get him that much closer to chasing Kareem and passing Kareem, which I think we can all agree if he stays healthy is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember if it was either Baron Davis or Gilbert Arenas. It was one or the other. Pretty sure it was Baron. But either way, I heard them on a podcast and they were the context was actually Russ and the accusation that he goes out chasing triple doubles. Right. And one of them said, for the sake of argument, let's just say, Russ, that is his primary purpose, his number one goal. Do you know how hard it is to do that? Yes. Like, do you know how hard it is to chase triple doubles? Like, if it were that easy All guys would do it. And even when you're talking about the like 1% of NBA, the 1% of basketball talent that's in the NBA, like these are the upper percent of the upper percent of the upper percent. Only like 10% of those guys could actually make a goal of chasing triple doubles and actually sort of pull it off. Same with LeBron averaging 30. Like, Mm -hmm. do you know how hard it is to average 30 points a game? Brian, I looked this up. According to basketball reference, there are only there are only 109 occasions in NBA history where a player averaged 30 points or more per game. And I know like some people 109 will sound like a lot
0: until you not. think
1: about, there have been 75 seasons and thousands upon thousands of players and opportunities to do this, it has happened 109 times.
0: There are basically 109 players in the Pacific Division right now. Yes. I mean, not quite that many, but close. Do you know how hard it is to do this?
1: Like, you just you can talk about how much you think it actually helps them with winning, whether LeBron should balance it more, totally. attempting defense, whatever. It is so damn
0: hard to do what he's doing, period. Even I, in his prime, much less now. I I want to continue, we'll continue this on Tuesday because there's another thing about that because he has said, I think the point you're bringing up here is a great one because like the the individual doing of things is not antithetical automatically to the team winning. Sometimes there's an overlap, sometimes there's not. But, you know, it, it really does speak to this question too of like what is okay to be, you know, for for individual motivation. When is it okay to be motivated by individuals? So how selfless should these these people be all the time? Um, Because LeBron has said it ticks him off when people don't think of him as one of the great scorers of all time. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Some of them are actually complimentary to LeBron, some are not. Um, so we'll continue this conversation on Tuesday cause I think it's a really interesting one and obviously catch everybody up on what's coming up this week and, and all that locked on Lakers first listen of every day. We appreciate it. Find us on YouTube, lock on Lakers on YouTube. Uh, really love, really appreciate all the traffic that the channel has been getting lately, uh, continues to grow. So we appreciate that. Um, that was fun. Good show, Andy. Uh, we'll Thanks. see everybody on Tuesday.